Welcome to Ghostly. Is Tombstone, Arizona haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. Episodes drop every other Wednesday. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And we're your host, I'm Pat, and that was Rebecca. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. We're here. We are, and we are back at it, episode 101. 101. Tombstone. So, Rebecca, what do you want on your tombstone? Oh, uh, I want cheese and sausage. I thought you didn't like sausage that much. Uh, it's okay. Okay, well, I, I would do pepperoni. Yeah, I hate pepperoni. I had to get that joke out of the way because <laughs> that's an old 90s joke. I didn't know if you wanted me to go with the joke, but yeah, anyone mm-hmm. that grew up in the 90s would know exactly what <laughs> he was asking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, we are going to be talking about Tombstone, Arizona, home of the OK Corral. Yeah. Wyatt Earp. Mm-hmm. Doc Holliday. Yes. All of them people. It's, Virgil. Yes. Yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of things, a lot of cowboy things. A lot of ghosty things. Mm, I don't know about that. I, I I can't even contemplate how haunted this town is. We why, could do why do you have an, to say everything one word at a time there? <laughs> because I, my brain can't handle all of the hauntedness. Okay. Like we could do an episode on every location in this town. A yeah. whole a separate episode on every location. So this is kind of an overview kind of thing. Right. right? Like when we did Dublin. Yeah. And on Ghostly X, we will be doing a couple of more stories. Yeah. Just because they're just too good. And uh, we just don't have time for them on this show. So we're going to. So if you like what there. you hear, go subscribe to Ghostly X. Um, we're going to do some shout outs. There are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We always prefer those five star reviews but we'll read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way is to become a member on Patreon. That's how you would get Ghostly X. Yes. Uh, Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. We have a lot of different tiers to choose from, and they're all very affordable. Absolutely. A lot of different fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But we have no shout outs this episode. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? If you guys give us those reviews, they really do help people find us. Yeah. And we are having a good time over on Ghostly X. So we are. We would yeah. love it if you would join us listening over there. Um, I, I, like I said, this episode, it's too much. It's too much. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to throw some some fun ghost stories over on Ghostly X. And we just did an amazing interview. Yeah, we did with Tony. Tony, the the Chicago tour guide. Yeah. Just end of story. Yeah, end of story. And he talked about Wrigley. He did because he has been there. So yeah, he did a tour for, of it. Yeah, for a tour. So yeah. uh, so definitely go check it out. Yeah. Ghostlypodcast.com. Click on Patreon. All right, so I've got a listener mail for us. Okay. Um, and this is from Erin. She's actually one of our VIP Patreon members. She's she's so nice. She yeah. is so nice. We love you, Erin. Um, and she actually wrote to us a while ago about the New Mexico State Capitol. So I oh. thought that was somewhat close to Arizona. Well, it's that actually, side of the country. It might work for our next episode, too, but we'll talk about that later. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, at the New Mexico State Capitol, Building Services is responsible for cleaning and maintenance stuff. 
usually after the building is closed 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. Apparently, several of their staff have had weird experiences in room 321. Countdown. Countdown. Uh, Several Mm -hmm. people have been touched while working alone and then turn around and there's no one there. Whoa. The sound system in the room routinely has problems even, even after being replaced. Security has reported watching the lights flip on and off repeatedly without anyone in the room. Clocks in the room will display the wrong time analog. Uh, I'm guessing, yeah, so analog clock. Uh, even with the changes and new batteries. I don't know. Mm. Supposedly, workers on the floor above heard a scream recently from that floor, but when they went down, no one was there. And new hires aren't told about the haunted room, but independently tell management that they had something weird happen in the room. Oh, maybe that should be part of their training process. <laughs> I don't know. I think she's saying that to ward off your claim that because they're told it's haunted, then that's why haunted things happen there. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for sending in this um, ghost story that was really nice. Um, we always want to hear your stories. To send us a story, you can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form right on ghostlypodcast.com. Or one of our favorite ways to get ghost stories is in the actual mail. We love that. And if you want that, that is in the footer of ghostlypodcast.com. The address, I'm going to give it to you, but you don't need to write it down. P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. Yeah, and you know, it's spooky season coming up, so we're we're ready for your stories. We want yeah. them. And by the way, we are doing an episode every single week in October, mm-hmm. even if it kills us. Even if it kills us, yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, it probably will. I'm, I'm really thinking it will. And then, and then we're going to do this as ghost. <laughs> ghostly by ghost oh well let's hope not but yes <laughs> if you are new to ghostly every october we pick a theme and we do a whole month on that theme and we do an episode every week so weekly ghostly is coming Very yeah exciting and this one is going to be especially haunted oh my gosh the, no the best part about this is someone asked me about this particular theme just in general like hey do you do episodes about blank and i said we are doing a whole month of episodes on this topic so yeah Definitely exciting. Absolutely. All right. Are you ready for polls? No. No. Why, of course why would you we are. Do that? Come on. Why? Every time you want to skip them, and usually lately you win. Mm. So I don't know why. <laughs> All right. All right. In our last episode, we talked about Wrigley Field. Yeah. I love Wrigley. Love Wrigley. So let's not even talk about the polls then. Let's just keep going. Go right past <laughs> no, it. No, we can't. Okay. People voted. All right. All right. So it was yes. Oh. So no was 66.7. I won. You won again. Two weeks back to back. Back to back. There's, I don't think there's a way you're going to win this week, but last week you did. We'll see. And the overall rating that people gave it, you know, you can rate each single one of them if you vote in the polls in ghostlypodcast.com, click on polls. You can give us a rating between one through 10 and um one being not haunted at all people get confused by this <laughs> they'll say no it's not haunted a 10 <laughs> yes. it's like what <laughs> uh, 10 being the most haunted place ever <laughs> it got an overall rating of 3.8 all right so i mean that's not like not haunted yeah i mean you know 
it was more nostalgic for me to do that episode because it's Wrigley. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I grew up going to Wrigley. And yeah? Yeah, even though I went to Comiskey a little bit more, but, <laughs> but I always enjoyed my time there. Oh, I mean, well, you know what? <laughs> You go to you go to Comiskey or Sox Park, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's cheaper because no one else goes. It's, oh, Rebecca, always come on! There might be Sox fans that listen, <laughs> and if so, I'm sorry. You guys are having a tough time right now. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and hey, you know, if you guys, uh, yeah, please go vote. Right after this episode, yeah. go to ghostlypodcast.com. It's free to vote. And click on polls. And you can even see some past polls out there. So if you're going back to the I have catalog. not updated that in a long time. So No, I just looked. It's actually not that far back. It is pretty far back. <laughs> it is, Rebecca, it is. Well, there are. You know what? I mean, in case you're, you're go back and listen, you know, there's a lot of them out there. There's like 94 of them out there. It's all good. If we take December off, then I am going to update it in December. I okay. promise. All right. So I've also got a ghost story for okay, us. Okay, great. All right. It's time for a spooky tale from Rebecca. I am getting very annoyed with my coworkers. Every morning I come in and open, and I find someone has taken Wyatt Earp's hat off of the dummy that it's on and put it on the table that he used to like to sit at every morning. And then I have to climb up and put it back. Of course, everyone denies doing it. They all swear that they don't touch it. Some have even said that I'm making it up or must be doing it myself. But Jody walked in with me the other day and saw it with me at the same time. So not me, everybody. Now, Joe the bartender has been here at the Birchgate Theater for a long time, and he says that it's Earp's ghost doing it. I laughed at him. He said, once you've worked here as long as I have, You no longer question when weird stuff happens. I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Of course, he wouldn't give me any details on those things, so I wrote him off. Yesterday was the last time. I worked late and closed with everyone. I was the last person in this place, and I locked the doors behind me. Now we'll see. Oh my God, I just walked in and not only was the hat sitting there, but so was his bow tie and the safety pin that is used to put it on his dummy. Closed. The safety pin was closed. No one else came in here. I checked the CCTV cameras on the doors Maybe I need to talk more to Joe. Seems like Wyatt wants to come claim his space. Wow. So this is totally made up stuff, right? (laughs) Actually, this is based on a story that the owner of the theater slash museum slash bar slash whatever it is. It's like everything uh, has told. Yeah, Was that the place that used to be a brothel? 
Yes. Oh, With okay. the women in cages up above and whatever. No, those are go-go dancers. That's well, something else, Rebecca. No, that's, but that's what they had. That's why they're-, they're <laughs> The bird cages? The bird cages, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, the uh, he, he says that when he comes in in the mornings, uh, he'll find Wyatt Earp's hat where he, on the table that he used to like to sit at. And then one day he found this bow tie too. Wow. So anyways, I just thought it was a-, a not a, a big story, but but kind of a fun one to hear. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we return, we will get to the history. Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life. <laughs> well, yes, but no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. I, but aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. Uh-oh. All right, we're back with the Pat Facts. Pat Facts! The Pat Facts are sponsored by Tarot by Ta. Ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience. He reads at numerous public events, private parties, and personal appointments throughout the greater Chicagoland area. He also does his readings worldwide using online services like Zoom. And the best part of it, Rebecca, is that he is hashtag team skeptic. <laughs> so to find out more about Ta, visit and like his Facebook page at facebook.com, Tarot by Ta. Jason's a great guy. We we love working with him, and um, we're glad to have him as a sponsor. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're just going to get right into the Path Facts because this is going to be kind of long here, so we're just going to get into it, okay? All right, let's dive in. So um, I got a lot of this stuff from the Tombstone Chamber.com. Oh, okay, so like the actual like city... Chamber. I that's gotcha. what I was thinking. I'm not sure if it is, but I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but I will say that they have a lot of misspellings and stuff on there, so I don't know. All right. Um, all right. But in 1877, the city of Tombstone was founded by Ed Schifflin. Okay. There's some hauntings associated with that last name. Oh, so. okay. Well, mm. he was like the first real resident there. Okay. At the time, there was a scouting voyage in Tombstone against the... Chiricahua Apaches. Ed was part of this mission and was staying at the place called called Camp Huachuca. During his stay, he would leave the camp to look for rocks within the wilderness, despite the that fellow soldiers at his camp warned him not to. So the soldiers told him that he wouldn't find stones out in the wilderness and he would only 
eventually find his own tombstone. Aha! Fortunately for Ed, he did not find his tombstone, but he did find something else. Silver. <gasps> Silver. Yeah. Um, so taking the advice his fellow soldiers gave him, his very first mine was named the Tombstone. Nice. I like which it. Which I don't know if I would want to work in the Tombstone. <laughs> but word quickly spread about his silver strike. It wasn't long before homesteaders, cowboys, prospectors, lawyers, business people, and gunmen headed to the area. Gunmen? I yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Known as Goose Flats back then. A town site was situated near the mines in 1879 and was named Tombstone due to the first claim of silver mining by Ed Schifflin. The population in Tombstone increased to approximately 7,500 by the mid-1880s. However, this figure only consisted of the white males over the age of 20 that were registered to vote. Of course. The figure that consists of women, children, and other ethnicities, um, the population was at least 15,000 and possibly as much as 20,000. Tombstone was considered to be between San Francisco and St. Louis as the fastest populating city. Wow. Tombstone was home to more than 100 saloons, Uh a multitude of eateries, a huge red light district, which we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, and a large population of Chinese people, okay, um, which they did not account in those numbers, uh, newspapers, churches, schools, and one of the original Arizona community swimming pools, which is still being used today. Wow. Hopefully they've changed the water. Probably not. No. <laughs> water is scarce there. It's oh, Arizona. that's true, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, they probably did. So- the one thing I want to make note of right away okay. is that Tombstone is just 30 miles from the Mexican border. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, you know it now. Okay. And that makes a lot more sense when you start thinking about some of the things that transpired there. Okay. Okay. So things were not exactly hunky-dory in Tombstone. Come on. I mean, there was <laughs> silver. What would be the problem? Yeah. Well, that was probably probably... Some of the problem right there. Yeah. Since it was uh, such a fast-growing city, it wasn't always easy to keep the lawless out of the area. Also, while the people doing the mining were either Confederate sympathizers or Democrats from southern states, the people who owned the mines, the townspeople, and the city lawmen were largely Republicans from northern states. Also, there was conflicts over resources. Wow. So this was kind of like, this is a place to make money, so everyone shows up, but everyone is definitely different people. Yeah, you got to remember, this is um, after the Civil War, and you know, there were some um, people that didn't exactly agree with how things went. That's true, and because it means certainly not that long after. Yeah, absolutely. So there were also people that looked to benefit from the rising population by smuggling in stolen cattle, alcohol, and tobacco across the border, where Mexico would tax these products going into the U.S. So because it was only 30 miles away, they were Mm. easily able to do that in a day on horseback. Wow. Yeah. Many of these crimes were carried out by outlaws that went by the name Cowboys. Okay. It's cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, not cowboys. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, they were not exactly a gang, but mostly a group of friends that helped each other out when they had larger schemes in mind. So it's interesting. So like cowboys were like the bad guys. Is that what you're saying? The cowboys were, yes. Oh, okay. Not the cowboys, the cowboys. Oh, okay. There's a hyphen in there. There's a hyphen. Okay, so that helps because an article that I was reading said something about, but it didn't have the hyphen, but it was just like, yeah, yeah. like cowboys were the, were the you know, the ones causing the trouble. And I was like, that seems a bit of a broad stroke. Like, I feel yeah. like there were cowboys that were just working, you know, they weren't necessarily all bad. So, uh, all right. No, but they called themselves, um, you know, the, the county name and then um, gotcha. cowboys. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, so the San Francisco Examiner wrote in an editorial. Cowboys are the most reckless class of outlaws in that wild country, infinitely worse than the ordinary robber. Yeah, so they were pretty bad, huh? Okay. So this is where things would start to get interesting. If I just let the story play out from here. Okay. But we're going to go back in time a little bit because we need to talk about the Earps. The Earps. Yeah, and I'm going to... I'm gonna. I'm going to just focus more on Wyatt. That's the name people know. Yeah, I mean, Wyatt was the most popular of them, although Virgil did a lot, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I some saw his would name. Ar- some would ar- argue that he was a better lawman oh, yes. than, than Wyatt was. Um, so Wyatt Barry Stapp Earp was born on March 19th, 1848. He was the fourth child of Nicholas Porter Earp and his second wife, Virginia Ann Cooksey. Wyatt had seven full siblings, James, Virgil, Martha, Morgan, Warren, Virginia, and Adela, and an elder half-brother, Newton, from his father's first marriage. Okay, lots of siblings. All right. So his birthplace is kind of contested. Oh. It's more just the address. Um, but there's strong evidence that he was born in Illinois. Yay, there yeah. we go. We got our Chicago connection there. Always got to have that. But uh, shortly a- after his birth, his family was supposed to move to California. But during the move, Martha got sick. So they ended up moving just 150 miles to Iowa. Okay. Where she perished. Oh. Yeah. Newton, James, and Virgil joined the Union Army on November 11th, 1861. So they were fighting for the North. Okay. So it's important to remember because, remember, in Tombstone, it was a lot of Southerners there that were Confederate uh, sympathizers. Gotcha. Uh, Their father was busy recruiting and drilling local companies. Uh, So Wyatt and his two younger brothers, Morgan and Warren, were left in charge of tending 80 acres of corn. Wow. We have a lot of corn in Illinois. We do, and and Iowa does as well. Yeah, exactly. Wyatt was only 13 years old, too young to enlist, but he did try on several occasions to run away and join the army. Each time his father found him and brought him home. (laughs) James was severely wounded in Missouri and returned home in the summer of 1863. Newton and Virgil fought several battles in Missouri, Mississippi, and Tennessee, and later followed the family to California. Okay. They moved around a lot. Sounds okay? like it. I'm not going to go over every single detail of their moves because it is a lot. Yeah, that's not the focus. I gotcha. Uh, Wyatt became a teamster where he drove cargo all over the place. His family had finally made their way to California 
but then moved to Lamar, Missouri. Wow. I mean, it's not like moving at that time was so easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. You got to remember, though, California was not what it is today, too. So Yeah. That was definitely yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, Wyatt joined the family where his father was the local constable and then eventually became the justice of the peace and Wyatt took over as constable. Ah, okay. So that's where he starts his law man kind of thing gotcha. going on. Uh, in 1870, Wyatt married Eurilla Sutherland, related to Kiefer Ma- Sutherland? Oh, probably. Obviously. Yeah, probably. Obviously. Um, but Eurilla passed shortly after they got married. Oh. Wyatt moved a lot, becoming a deputy in a lot of these locations. One of those locations he lived in was with his brother James, and that was in Kansas. Okay. I think it was Wichita, mm. um, where they operated a brothel. So Wyatt may or may not have been a pimp. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Come on. But historians called him more of an enforcer or a bouncer for the brothel. So he's the lawman and the brothel, brothel bouncer. Yeah, but it was not against the law then. So. Yeah, gotcha. Brothel was uh, was an official and established business. And actually, I mean, a lot. I mean, like today, like a lot of off-duty police officers will work security at brothels. Well, not at brothels, but <laughs> I just mean, yeah. you know, I'm, they do. Yeah. In 1875, Wyatt moved to Dodge City, Kansas, and was appointed assistant marshal. Um, you know, U.S. marshals. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he ended up having a common law marriage with a prostitute named Maddie Blay- Blaylock. Okay. Uh, on a case to find Dave Rudabaugh, uh, who was a train robber, is when Wyatt officially first met Doc Holliday, uh, who was a gambler, and gave him tips on where where he was located at. Uh-huh. And there's countless stories of Doc Holliday actually supporting Wyatt. In a lot of things that he did. Okay. Um, like one time he was surrounded by men with guns and um, Doc Holliday was playing poker there and he whipped out his gun, put it to one of the people's heads and, you know, saved him. Wow. Yeah. Um, so Wyatt had made a name being a peace officer, a deputy, and a marshal, but also so did his brother Virgil, who wrote to Wyatt telling him about the silver mining boomtown of Tombstone. Aha. This is where it all comes together. Okay. Virgil became the deputy of Tombstone. Um, So Wyatt, Virgil, and James traveled to Tombstone. Uh, Wyatt originally wanted to start a stagecoach business, but found that there were already two stagecoach businesses (laughs) in town. Oh, I mean, we can't have three. Yeah, well, in a town of like, you know... 4,000 to 10,000 people. I mean, you don't need that many stagecoaches. So he decided to get into gambling. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Morgan, Wyatt's younger brother, moved to Tombstone in 1880. Oh, by the way, James worked as a bartender. Okay. In one of the bars there, one of the saloons. Doc Holliday had amassed $40,000 in gambling money which was like having over a million dollars in today's money. Wow, he's a he's a good gambler. Yeah, so he moved um, over there to Tombstone as well. Virgil had his hands full, and after a shootout with the Cowboys, the Cowboys, 
<laughs> on March 15th, 1881, he deputized uh, Wyatt and Morgan, and they pursued the cowboys uh, that were suspected to have been involved with the shootout. Okay. So this led to the shootout at the OK Corral, the most famous one that famous. Er- everybody That's the one heard you've of. Heard, yeah. Yeah, which wasn't at all at the OK Corral, <laughs> but uh, it was at a vacant lot owned by a photographer, uh, C.S. Fly, kind of close to the OK Corral, but it wasn't there. So mm-hmm. is it just that it sounded cooler to say, like, there was a gunfight at the OK Corral versus there was a there was a gunfight at the vacant lot owned mm-hmm. by photographer cs <laughs> well i think i think if you said it was at the okay corral it would have made a lot more sense because those were usually bars ah i see there were a lot of okay corrals but this was the one in tombstone okay though. gotcha uh, in that fight with the cowboys the erp family and doc holiday killed tom mcclory frank mcclory and probably the leader of the cowboys billy billy clanton yes so um, he was pretty much the leader of them, even though they were just a gang of friends. Yeah. But he was pretty much the leader of them. Um, shortly after that, Virgil was ambushed and seriously wounded by hidden assailants shooting from a second story window. And it, this was in December, actually. Um, even though it was well known who was doing the shooting, no charges were placed against any of the cowboys. So th- it was... It was really hard to do anything against the cowboys because um, they had a lot of the town folk on their side. Mm. On March 18th, 1882, Morgan was shooting some pool at around 10 p.m. at one of the local saloons. And one of the cowboys shot him in the spine and killed him. Oh, wow. So they took some retribution. They definitely did. Uh, Once again, the assailants were named but escaped arrest due to legal technicalities. Wyatt Earp, concluding that official justice was out of reach, but with warrants obtained via the U.S. Marshal's office, led a posse on what would, what would become known as the Earp Vendetta Ride, Ooh. pursuing and killing four of the men that they believed were responsible. All right. Uh, after that, the Earp family left Tombstone in 1882. <laughs> And much of the cowboy crime stopped. This is partly due to corrupt lawmen being put back into office. So they weren't really committing crimes because they just looked the other way. Yeah. And let them do stuff. (laughs) And to be fair, they didn't start off corrupt. But after a little while, they started drinking more Mm. and just got in with them. It's just easier. Yeah. The population spike came to a halt when the pumping station broke and flooded the mines. This they didn't like think that they could fix the pumps mm. for a reasonable amount of money, and they couldn't replace them. Okay, so they were just like, "Well, whatever." I guess we're we're done. Yeah, time in, to move on. In 1890, Tombstone would have had only 700 residents. Wow, yeah. talk about bu- boom and bust. Yeah, today it's got like 1,900 okay. residents. Yeah, um, Tombstone would have probably became just another ghost town, but it was the um, county seat for many years. Oh, so there like had to be some people there. Yeah, so okay. they, you know, didn't it, it didn't become a ghost town. Okay. They didn't vacate it totally. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm going to fast forward a lot of years because <laughs> there's a lot of stories about a lot of different locations. But if we're doing an overview of Tombstone, yeah. I just want to stick to Tombstone. Though. Yeah, of course. Uh, currently, tourism and Western memorabilia are the main commercial en- enterprises there. A July 2005 CNN article notes that Tombstone receives approximately 450,000 tourist visitors each year. This is about 300 tourists per year for each permanent resident. (laughs) Wow. So in contrast to its heyday, when it featured saloons open 24 hours and numerous houses of prostitution, Tombstone is now a staid community with few businesses open late. Tombstone and surrounding areas have a variety of lodging options, restaurants, and attractions if you want to visit. Um, I definitely would love to go there. I would too. I would too. Um, you know, I've been to Arizona and I, I've I've made it to um, a few places around, but I, I have not made it to Tombstone and uh, it would be amazing. Um, and a lot of the things that are open, as we'll find out as we get into the ghost stories, um, are places from, you know, the, the boom time, you know, the places that, like you said, I guess maybe because it was the county seat, um, they just, they did stay around. They, they may be changed or, uh, have been bought by a few people, but, but they're still there and, um, operating yeah. and open and you can go in and see. And a lot of them have, uh, museum pieces, you know, things to show what Wyatt, life was like. Wyatt Earp's hat? They do. Wow. Yeah. I will say that looking at a picture from then and then looking at a picture to now, Mm -hmm. some of the buildings have changed a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, all in all, it looks pretty similar. The street is like exactly the same size and everything. It's just. There's definitely been a lot of historical preservation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, they take a lot of pride in that because that's where they get a lot of their money is from tourism. Definitely. Um, so I, I would love to visit Tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, bucket list thing, <laughs> you know, cause I really like, um, gangsters and cowboy stuff like that. Ah, okay. So it kind of all goes together. Yeah. Like Billy the Kid and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I love that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, it's definitely a place where, um, it was almost like, like it was almost cosmopolitan a little bit. In its heyday, because there was so much going on. And like you said, it was like the biggest place between like California and St. Louis. And yeah. it was written up in newspapers and it definitely was a, a place to go. And that was another one of the problems, too, is that they used um, small southern town laws instead of using more big league things because they yeah. grew. I mean, this is over the course of just a few years. Right. right. You know, so it yeah, it was difficult for them. Um, Okay, well, we're going to take a break, and then when when we return, Rebecca's going to do a little history and do some ghost stories. Can't wait. Hey, listeners. Did you know there's a way to share with the world, whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic, or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle? It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep. And we even have custom ghostly designs like microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre 
or of the Ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your t-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, they just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website and send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you in your ghostly gear. For a debate. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, everybody. Again, as I mentioned earlier, there are so many ghost stories in this town. Um, we could do many, many episodes. So I'm just going to say this now. If I don't get to your favorite, if you're someone that knows the tombstone ghost stories and I don't get to yours or I don't have yours, I'm so sorry. I just had to pick what and I could. They might be in Ghostly X. And they could be on the Ghostly X episode. So definitely go subscribe, uh, get get on that Patreon and and, and listen to it. Um, all right. So we are going to start, we're going to go by location and then kind of do the best that we can um, at the locations that I picked. Because okay. again, there's more locations. But um, so the first one is the Birdcage Theater, which I mentioned earlier, right? Yes, because that is kind of the, it's really what seems to be the most haunted. Okay. So I just want to talk a little bit about the theater itself. Um, it was um, a claim, in 1882, the New York Times declared that the Birchgate Theater was the, quote, roughest, bawdiest, and most wicked night spot between Basin Street and the Barbary Coast. Wow. Yeah. 26 deaths. And 140 bullet holes in this place. You can mm-hmm. still see them today. Wow. Um, it's got uh, gunslingers, gamblers, prostitutes, poker players, and ghosts. Mm, poltergeist? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. So, again, it's, you know, it was everything. As I mentioned earlier, there were these balcony boxes, these mm-hmm. cages or whatever that were used by these painted ladies is what oh. they called them. Um, one interesting little fact, and I could go on and on about it. It is the site of the world's longest running poker game for eight years. Eight years? Yes. I played years. poker and it feels like eight years, yeah. but it was it was legitimately eight years? I get, well, like, that's what was weird is like people would come in and out. Oh, okay. But gotcha. it was like a 24 hour a day thing. Oh, it my God. It just kept going. It's so like all your famous people like Wyatt Earp, everybody, they all played in this game. Wow. Like it was just, it just kept going. Probably Doc Holliday, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I'm sure he was there. In fact, I know he was. Um, okay. So I, I just wanted to to give this one quote and then we'll get into the the story, the okay. big story here. Um, In 1882, a journalist named Bernard Sobel interviewed a performer slash painted lady uh, named Annie Ashley. She said, quote, earning money was exciting to say the least. 
Every night, the feudists would come to the theater, sometimes meet each other, and shoot it out then and there. The boxes were built in a ring like a horseshoe, and one gang would sit on one side and the other the opposite. As fickle as a barometer was the change in conditions. One morning, the feud would be on, then a dead quiet intended to deceive the enemy. Suddenly, another feud was on. Wow. Like, she sounded like, yeah, it was exciting. <laughs> like, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> well, back then, too, um, you know, guns were definitely a, a, like a thing, but they didn't, like, they weren't as good as the guns of nowadays, where um, a lot of times they didn't kill people with them. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Unless so. they shot him in the head or the chest or something like that. Right. But there was a lot of hip injuries and stuff like that. Still don't want it. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. So as I mentioned, 26 people allegedly have died within the building in shootouts, stab- stabbings, a suicide. Um, but the most infamous murder involves a painted lady named Margarita mm. whose heart was chiseled from her chest with a double-edged stiletto. So it was a woman named Gold Dollar who worked at a rival brothel, Mm. okay? And she was upset because she thought, so where where Gold Dollar worked, and we're going to talk about this place coming up, but it was more considered like a proper place. Like it was- A proper Proper, like proper ladies there, that kind of thing. Whereas- Yeah, the the, high class. The high class people went there, right? Well, she suspected that Margarita at the the birdcage was taking her man. Oh. Okay. And so she waited until Margarita crawled into her guy's lap. And she felt very slighted thinking that, you know, she had stolen her customer or her man. So she went and grabbed a handful of Margarita's hair. She stabbed her with the double-edged stiletto stashed in her garter. Mm. She hacked at Margarita's heart. Very, mar- very upsetting, right? Yeah. And so she, and then she left. She's like, and then she left. And she fled the scene, right, as soon as the marshal got there. Um, now, uh, Gold Dollar was also, her name was little, also Little Gertie. Mm-hmm. Um, she was apprehended, but she didn't have the weapon on her, the stiletto. So here's the thing. You were talking about this earlier. Yeah. She was not charged with a crime, oh. even though everyone saw her. So all you had to do is ditch the weapon. Exactly. Then. They were basically like there was there, there's no evidence. She didn't. Yeah. She doesn't have the weapon. Mm. And so even though there were people there, like eyewitnesses that could have testified, mm. like as you said, the the laws were just weird. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so we don't have time to talk about all the ghosts, but Margarita herself is definitely a ghost then. So she was, you know, murdered there. Um, so they they do uh, claim to see her, catching glimpses of her. Um, and uh, <laughs> so this there's a, a, a writer named Nova Fleury uh, who wrote uh, about her experience there. She said, quote, I saw an apparition of a young woman who opened the curtain. She was between the ages of 18 and 20. She was leaning on the balustrade, and when she looked at the balustrade, she seemed to say that the place was unoccupied and there was no one in the alcoves. She was only wearing a bloomer, so she stood out. So basically like a 
Like a naked lady was like, hey, unoccupied, but hmm. definitely a ghost, according to this. Wow, there's writer. just so much to digest in this one. I know. Um, well, there's only one ghost, though, and, that, uh, we're and one that we're talking about. We're just talking yeah. about Margarita, and supposedly she was seen, you know, like at, at one of the cages, basically, like, you know, someone claims that they saw her waving them in. Yeah. Well, I will say that there's only 1,900 people that live in this town and 450,000 people go to visit it each year. Yes. I think having a paranormal presence would encourage more people to visit. So I I think that they're trying to play this up a little bit. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think Margarita herself is there. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, margaritas are good, but um, <laughs> especially on a hot day, you know. But I just, I, I just can't see this happening. This is ridiculous, and you don't have any pictures or any videos of this, do you? No, you know, I, I did find a website with some uh, pictures from the theater that were like, you know, again, supposedly pictures of haunted figures, but I didn't necessarily see one of a woman. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot more like orbs and that kind of stuff in, in the picture. Oh, so orbs, it wasn't my favorite. I, you know, I just decided to go more with the, the story. So well, again, violent death, still there. That's what I say. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to have to say no on this one because there's no pictures to, to view or anything like that. And, um, you know, you would think they've done several paranormal investigations there. So I've. Oh, we're going to, if you listen to Ghostly X, we're going to talk about a botched seance. Oh, okay. But, good. But, uh, good. But for now, uh, so what's your rating for Margarita here? I'm going to go two on this one okay. just because I don't have enough information to go by, but there's only one person that you're quoting to have said this. Yes. Um, and so I, you know, I, I find it highly unlikely. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. 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 Rebecca. Yes. Jeez. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So next up then we're still at the birdcage. So no okay. new history. Um, but there's also supposedly a woman in white. Oh, of course there is. There's always a woman in white. Always. <laughs> always. But is it white bloomers? No, so she's actually <laughs> identified as the proper lady ghost. Oh, okay. So, so Margarita is kind of like the the not so proper lady ghost. So gold, gold dollar. No, not gold. No, I mean they don't know who she is. Okay, they don't think it's gold dollar. Um, I don't think Gold Dollar herself was a proper lady. She just worked at a proper lady place. Oh, okay. Um, but anyways, so she's it's it's it just she stands out. Okay. Right. So one employee says, "quote ev- Almost everyone who works here has had an experience with some of some kind with the quote lady in white. I have seen her. She came down the stairwell and into the poker room. She wore a white dress and a white bonnet." She stood in front of me for a very long time without reacting to my presence at all. It's like she didn't even know I was there. She's what they call a residual haunt. No one has ever identified who she is. A bonnet indicates she was a proper lady, and no proper ladies ever came in here. Most of us who work here think she came in with <laughs> with the hearse and is now trapped here. I guess they must have a hearse on display hmm. there. Well, I mean, my first point with this would be I don't believe that residual haunts are actual ghosts. This is true. This is an ongoing debate. Yeah. Pat does not believe that a residual haunt is a ghost. So residual 
residual ghosts are like a memory that's just played out in front of you. And um, yeah, to me, that doesn't mean that there is a spirit there. It means that maybe the walls have captured something or something like that. And I don't necessarily know if I believe in that, but I just definitely don't think that that is an actual ghost that haunts something. Uh, I know you disagree. I do. Um, but like the spirit's not trapped there then. All right, guys. So go on to Ghostly Society on <laughs> Facebook or uh, go look at the post uh, Pat's put out there to join our Discord. Yeah. And uh, and let's let's have a discussion about this residual haunt ghost thing. Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, the more intelligent ghost. Now, those would be like a spirit trap there. Right. Mm-hmm. That would make a lot more sense to me. Residual is like a, like like a projection from like a you know, from a projector, you know, going on the wall or something like that. Like I could watch movies that have Robin Williams in it. It doesn't mean Robin Williams is trapped in my movie. Right. But there's the movie isn't like being projected from anything. I know, but I'm just saying this is what it's like. Okay, well, to me, it's a ghost. But what's your rating then? For well, this I'm one? still not done with this one yet. Oh. I, I'm just thinking that every place like this has this, like all the employees <laughs> know this story or something like that. I think it's passed on from person to person and it's a rite of passage to have a story about this. Okay. So I believe that this is more made up. Okay. So I'm going to go zero on this one. Whoa, everybody. He just went zero. All yeah. right. Uh, to me, this one is also a seven. Okay. Super haunted place. These are just two of the stories, and I think they're good ones, even if it was just these two. Right? Okay. Yeah. All right. So we are moving on to Boot Hill Graveyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, some history here. Boot Hill Cemeteries, because there were more. I mean, this was just like... So like a common name for a cemetery. Uh, they were named after those buried with their boots on. It's funny because nowadays people do get buried in their shoes That's and stuff. That's true. So. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Boot Hill interred outlaws from 1878 to 1884. Mm-hmm. And some famous people, some names that you've already mentioned uh, are claimed to be buried there. Billy Clanton mm-hmm. and Tom and Frank McClory, who were killed by Wyatt Earp. Okay. Right? Remember at the OK Corral. Um, so when you go there, there's like uh, tombstones and rocks. And you kind of see all of that. Yeah. And there's um, like a mound of rocks too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a mound yeah. of rocks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was originally called Tombstone Cemetery. Um, and uh, uh, this guy, Frederick uh, Bechtold, traveled there in 1919 and changed it to Boot Hill. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, so... There's not many people buried there um, because it it there's other cemeteries in the town. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't established until 1884, which is kind of like later. But what's interesting is it primarily entered outlaws. Mm. So relatives of law-abiding citizens exhumed and reburied their loved ones in this new cemetery that they came along afterwards. So pretty much just the criminals stayed there. Um, so that, again, that could be kind of why it has ghosts, I suppose. Um, Mm. but one thing I wanted to, to include though, is there, it is a real cemetery and there are some really good, um, uh, tombstones and people really buried there, but there's also some things that are made up. Oh, 
as far as like who's be- actually buried yeah. there. And some of them are, are definitely like when you look at the, the that thing of rocks that you talked mm-hmm. about, like when you look at that, you're like, come on. Like yeah. that's not. Okay. So Lester Moore is an example of one of the fictitious, fictitious burials. Um, he did die in a shootout. No evidence is there to, that he that he actually existed, I guess, or that hmm. he was even buried there or that he was anyway. So there's a there's a thing that says that it says here lies Lester Moore, four slugs from a forty four, no oh, less, no more. Yeah, I've I've heard that. <laughs> Which yeah. I mean that come on. No, that was not a thing. You know, no one uh, uh George Johnson is another popular burial in Boot Hill. Again, another one that may not have existed. Uh, his epitaph reads, Here lies George Johnson hanged by mistake in 1882. He was right. We was wrong. But we strung him up and now he's gone. <laughs> I feel, this reminds me of um, like Haunted Mansion at Disney World. Yeah, like yeah, I wonder definitely. if they like <laughs> put that in there. Um, another one is John Heath. Accused of organizing the robbery that included the Bisbee Massacre. Although Heath existed, he's buried at the Oakland Cemetery in Terrell, Texas. Mm -hmm. And Federico uh, Doran, or Duran, yeah, is another misleading memorial. The marker claims that the sheriff, John Slaughter, killed him after a train robbery, yet he was executed by a firing squad and he died in Mexico. So he is not buried in Tombstone. So anyways, I just thought that was kind of interesting that there's this cemetery. And again, the people that I named really are buried there, but... Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of people that they kind of they kind of beefed it up a little bit. Okay. Let's say that. So what what about the ghost story? So the ghost story. So people report shadows and lights and spooky sounds, but the main ghost that they mention is Billy Clanton. Okay. So he is the popular poltergeist, and he is set to rise from his grave every night and meander through Tombstone, packing his pistol. Okay. <laughs> and that's that that's where we're at with that. So my argument with this is it wasn't an established cemetery until 1884, which is two years after Billy Clanton would have been killed. So, and I don't, I've not read anything about him being exhumed and reburied there. Mm. So I don't think he's buried there. Wow. So he could be another fake one you're saying. I think they're all fake. That's I'm going to go out on a limb and say that because I think this is the perfect tourist destination place, <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be someplace you'd want to see? Yeah. Is where Billy Clanton was buried, you know? And uh, it's just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just think it is one of those kind of things where it's just like a tourist trap mm-hmm. and uh, they just have it out there for that. I mean, I have to say, this is, I included this because it was just too important. I felt like to not include it. And he's such a big name. Mm-hmm. Um, but unlike most of the other ghost stories um, and haunted places, yeah. this one is probably about the weakest. Yeah. There's so. there's there's like one more ghost story, but even that is just like, what? Is that even a ghost story? Yeah. So, And I think that people that go there expect to see something. And I'm going to... I'm going to say that they probably see these things at night as well. Oh, so they sure, probably sure. don't see it during the day. It it could be some kind of optical illusion or something like that. Or it just could be that they have this heightened need for there to be something like that. Mm, that could be. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what are you giving this? Zero. Okay. (laughs) I'm actually going to give it a three. Okay. Which for me is pretty low, but I'm giving that because the town is haunted and there are spirits that kind of wander around the town. And so it's possible one could wander in that cemetery, but I don't think that Billy Clanton or Clanton uh, Clanton is is rising from his grave every night. I just, I, I didn't see enough for that. Okay. All right. Next place is the um, uh, Crystal Palace Saloon. Okay. So it was originally called the Golden Eagle Brewery. Oh, and this is where Mm -hmm. um, our killer was from. Is uh, that's where she? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Remember, I mentioned yeah. that. So, but yeah, I do know about this brewery. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Virgil. Uh, I'm so glad you talked about him. Virgil Earp had an office upstairs here for yeah. a little while. Um, it housed a fountain and goldfish pond. Mm. Um, and Doc Holiday and Big Nose Kate were regulars. Big Nose Kate was his common law marriage wife. Ah, okay. And she owned some businesses and brothels and stuff around town. So, well, he had forty thousand dollars, which was a million dollars. So, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it burned to the ground in eighteen eighty-two. Yes, I. That's what I remember about it. Actually, there was two big fires in um. In Tombstone, I believe this is the second one. Uh, the first one was caused by a cigar by a barrel of wine or alcohol. Mm. And uh, that caused um, some damage, but they were able to rebuild. The second one, this one, I believe, caused $500,000 worth of damage. Wow. Yeah. But despite all of the fires and financial setbacks mm-hmm. and even prohibition, it's been an basically in constant operation since 1879. Wow, okay. So it's it, it like, I mean, it burned to the ground, but they just rebuilt, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, now it's interesting. So kind of, as we said, salo- saloons in the Wild West kind of had this reputation for being, you know, bad places, right? Like where bad stuff happened, mm-hmm. but Crystal Palace was different. Um, I mean, basically it was, you know, considered kind of like a, a clean place, you know, like a, like it wasn't, um, it, it didn't have that bad reputation that, you know, some of the other, um, other places did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I just, it, it, it's a little weird, but, um, but again, this is where little Gertie <laughs> was from. So it's not mm. to say that, that it didn't have like prostitutes or whatever, but it just wasn't like, but again, that was legal in those days. Yeah, too, exactly. So. But they were just cleaner. Right? Yeah. Maybe they took showers. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the ghosts. I doubt that they took like daily showers because that wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the ghosts. All right. So again, there's just some like, you know, th- people talk about the sounds of boots and spurs, slamming doors, a roulette wheel that spins by itself and and like some some kind of figures that that people see mm-hmm. um but uh the big one is of a provocatively dressed woman usually standing around the bar and those that claim to see her um says she seems to be looking for somebody she appears and then she vanishes without a trace oh okay um well i'm going to say that um, this place is another one of those places that is a known tourist attraction. 
um, because of its history. And um, I, I don't know about the provocatively dressed woman. I, I, I think that is all made up just to get more tourists here. I mean, you can, I mean, again, it's the whole town. It's well, almost everywhere. It's crazy. But I don't have any details to go off of to say, well, this is what that is and this is what this is. You're you're talking about an alleged provocatively dressed woman <laughs> that's at the bar. I have no pictures of her. I have no, no video of her. No. I, you know, although I would like to see that. Uh-huh. Um, but still, I'm just saying <laughs> that um Without anything to go by, it is really difficult to debate this particular kind of topic because I don't know. I need more specs, <laughs> you know? Yeah. What do you think about the sounds of boots and spurs? Oh, I think the boots and spurs are actually like a soundtrack that's played in there. Oh, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's your rating? Ah. Uh... Because I don't know enough about the provocatively dressed woman and I'd like to see her, <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go one on this one Ooh. only because I don't have any specifications to debate. Okay. You're just talking about- um, This is the story. Yeah. Maybe she's actually a town folk person that just does this. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, that could be her job. I, I don't know. But then, But she appears and then disappears. It, yeah, it's easy to disappear. It's like, hey, look, there's Elvis, and then you walk away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I give this one a six. Okay. I give this one a six. Again, right. you know, lots of things going on. All right, so our last one we're going to talk about in this episode is Shifflin Hall. Yeah, named after the founder of the town. Yes, it is the largest adobe structure still standing in the U.S., mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, um, is the, uh, an opera or was a first class opera house mm-hmm. offering, offering luxurious alternative to all these ill reputed establishments like the birdcage theater. Yeah. So this is where all the distinguished people in town would go to. Yes. This Not is- the people that worked in the mines or the cowboys or the gunmen or outlaws or anything like that. They wouldn't go there. Right. This is yeah. the owners, the rich mm-hmm. people. Um, by the 1960s, the hall... Oh, although in the movie Tombstone, I believe they were in there. Oh, okay. At one time. Yeah, and, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, and, it's been a while. and all the cowboys were in there making fun of the people acting and ah, stuff. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and the ni- by the 1960s, the hall was kind of like a shell, mm-hmm. um, but the historic Tombstone Adventurers conducted a full restoration Mm. Um, it was constructed in 1881 by the brother of the town's father, Al Shifflin, um, meant to appeal to Tombstone's elite. The refined theater accommodated up to 600 people and boasted some of the most decorated performances of the era. Mm. Um, it was the, quote, largest, most elaborate theater between El Paso, Texas and San Francisco, California, frequented by the classy rich people, as we said. The second floor housed the King Solomon Lodge, one of the five main Masonic lodges in the state. Mm. True to Wild West form, Wells Spicer, who famously exonerated the men who instigated the gunfight at the OK Corral, was the first master of the lodge. Wow, that's funny that it's um, the King Solomon Lodge because King Solomon was definitely, um, if you look at some of the stuff involving him, um, not out like outside the Bible. 
you don't have to read this. Um, very cryptic person there, I'll say that. All right. Well, yeah. Masonic, all that you know, spooky stuff going on at the Shiflin Lodge. Mm. That's all I'm saying. All right. So our main ghost here is the woman in red. Maybe she's just the woman in white and she just changes her outfit. <laughs> So, all right. So the woman in red, um, this is, uh, I have a, a sighting from a woman named Renee Gardner mm-hmm. who wrote um, Southern Arizona's Most Haunted. And she mentions that on one particular uh, occasion, a local ghost tour guide went down to the dressing room to investigate the lady in red rumors. She entered the dark dressing room and waited, but nothing appeared. Convinced that she'd wasted her time, she started to walk out. But just as she passed by one of the large mirrors in the room, she saw what was unmistakably the reflection of a woman in a red gown. To validate she wasn't just seeing what she wanted to see, she called one of the building's employees over. By the time the employee reached the dressing room, the woman had vanished. Mm. Okay. Again, no pictures, I'm assuming, right? No time for that. No videos, right? No. So it's... An author of a book called Arizona, Southern Arizona's Most Haunted. Yes, and she interviewed um, interviewed a person, person that is nameless in this. Yeah, they're just a local ghost tour guide. Yeah. Uh, local ghost tour guides would probably want to get their name in these kind of things <laughs> just to spark up some business, right? I don't and know. To, She's just telling a story. And to not have her name in this seems very suspicious. To me, um, I think, I, I don't know. I would like to talk to Renee Gardner about this, but it sounds like this is made up. <laughs> Again, this is just one instance of someone seeing the woman in red. This is not the only one. Um, and there are other ghosts. I mean, it's a theater. We know the theater ghost situation, um, but this is the big one. This is the, the most commonly well, mentioned. Well, if it is that common... And if it happens all the time, mm-hmm. you would think we'd have pictures. Well, maybe. I mean, again, ghosts are not easily to take easy to take a picture of. They're you know, not just... easy to do anything with. <laughs> they're not. They're not predictable at all. No, no. Obviously, because you can't replicate so. it at all. I'm sure if I went there, I wouldn't see anything. Maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna go zero on this one. I don't know. It just seems like if there was. A local ghost tour guide, they'd want to get their name in there. For her not to put the name in there seems very suspicious. All right. Uh, for me, this one's a six. A six. Sure. Okay. Yes. Um, so what is your overall rating then? So my overall rating, um, it's this is difficult because again, I oh man, we couldn't even get to so many things. But No, you uh, have to go on just what I know. The evidence you gave. I know. So I gave a couple sixes, I mm-hmm. gave a three, and I gave a couple sevens. Yeah. So I'm going to go six. Okay. <sighs> so hard though. I want to go seven. You want to go seven? I, no, I'm going seven. I don't care. I'm going seven. You don't care? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I. That's that's what I. I'm <laughs> I'm throwing caution to the wind. If I could do six point five, I would, but I can't. You can't. So I'm rounding up. And you can't do infinity plus either. Nope. So I'm doing seven. How about you? All right. Well, I'm gonna have to go. Uh, I'm gonna average out my scores, and I'm gonna say a one. Okay. Because I did give a two in there. You did for the lady. Yeah. Well, they're all ladies, but yeah. Yeah, just because I don't have enough to go on on. A lot of these stories are very much just like they they have no details in them at all as far as like 
specifics like where were they how were they standing what did they look like what did they, you know they, they just don't have all those facts in there mm-hmm. so i'm gonna have to do that so that brings us to the closing our arguments this is our last chance to convince you to vote our way we are each given one minute of uninterrupted time we will time each other on our cell phones to keep rebecca honest hey so rebecca are you ready i am ready all right On your marks, get set, go. All right. Tombstone is haunted, people. Uh, Every place, every business that you look at seems to have stories. Um, And every single place, people, you know, tell stories of feeling weird there and seeing things. So we've got uh, everything from the birdcage, which was the kind of, you know, down and dirty (laughs) brothel place, has ghosts. Then we get to uh, the Shifflin Lodge or Hall, whatever, which was the fancy opera house that was known across the country. Also ghosts. Uh, You know, the only place is maybe the weird kind of touristy cemetery that's eh, not so sure about. But uh, but otherwise, every every business, um, you know, this is this is a place that had a lot of violence. I mean, we heard about some of the violence today. Um, and, uh, we know it was kind of a constant theme, you know. Oh, you snuck in the, you know. Yeah. It's haunted. Yeah. Cause that, yeah. Um. I wasn't watching. I should, I usually watch. Yeah, you do. All right. Are you ready then? I am ready. Okay. And go. I find it highly unlikely that there are any ghosts that are related to Tombstone only because of the 1900 people with 450,000 visitors here. Everybody wants to do a ghost tour or something like that. So they provide for this. They provide the entertainment value. And therefore, I just, there's not enough details in these stories to to base any kind of debate on. So I had to give it a one only because of that. But uh, I find this highly, highly unlikely. That's it. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I need. Wow. All right. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family and even your enemies if you want. Yeah, anybody. Yeah, as word of mouth is our best form of advertisement. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. I mean, yeah, why what wouldn't are you? Waiting you? For? Um, we have a bunch of VIP patrons that we consider like producers of ghostly absolutely so uh we're going to name them off alicia carrie becky natalie kim ta ernie marisol shayla cindy kevin nicole darnay jessica alice austin aaron hope and candy and this is where we're going to talk about our next episode which i am super stoked for rebecca we're going to turn the tables Oh, yes. Yes, we are. Because we're going to be talking about Roswell. Yes. Now, Rebecca does not believe in UFOs. Yeah, I'm a little more skeptical by UFOs than I am about ghosts. But I believe in them. Yes. Yes, you do. And this is this is like the number one biggest UFO story ever. <laughs> it is. It is. It's uh, classic. It's classic. And we're, we're, we're branching out a little bit to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, we just want to do something fun, and 
Uh, Rebecca always gets to talk about these ghost stories and people hate on me because I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to share the hate with you, Rebecca. <laughs> so I'm going to do the history and you're going to do the, the alien stories? I'm not going to say that right now. But yeah, so I want I want to spread the hate, Rebecca. All right. So All you right. can get some of the hate on okay. you for not believing in these stories of <laughs> UFO aliens. Well, we have talked a little bit about aliens already, so yes. I'm excited to, to get back to that. Yeah, that was Skinwalker, Skinwalker right? Skinwalker Ranch, though yeah. they had ghosts as well there. Yeah. But uh, maybe we'll find some ghosts in Roswell. I'm yeah. not sure yet. And that episode comes out on September 14th. Until then, stay ghostly. Bye.